It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams, typically a crossover edition. It's just me today. Mark Schofield, who is the Locked On Patriots host, is actually down at the Senior Bowl. We're going to get him early tomorrow, so I'm going to plug it in a little bit on Thursday, a little bit on Friday, maybe save some of the stuff throughout the week. So I'll kind of start to sprinkle in my conversations I have with him because I want to make sure we start to hear the voice of the other side, right? Listening to what the Patriots are thinking as we start to kind of turn this page uh, and start to look ahead towards the Super Bowl because honestly, people, I am so done with the Saints stuff. I'm so done with it. Comes out today that they're up over 700,000 signed on that petition, which it's like the dumbest thing ever. I love petitions because it's like the biggest waste of everyone's time. Because uh, how many NFL games in the past have they just said, okay, enough people have signed and we're going to go replay this game? Uh, never. That would be the amount of times. And I don't care if that thing got up to 2 million, they're not replaying the game. It's over. We're moving on to the Super Bowl. They've got a lawsuit going now. They're going to sue Roger Goodell. Good luck, guys. Good luck. And actually, Julian Estrada reached out to us on our Google number. Guys, don't forget, Google number is 657-345-4988. Julian reached out and he said, hey, lifelong Rams fan, I've been listening to you and Kroger for two years now. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Julian. And he said, I'm ready for the no call to go away now. I'm going to say my piece on it and never mention it again. He goes on to say, could the reason the Saints fans hold so much animosity, so much bitterness, have anything to do with their head coach? He hasn't shut the hell up since the end of the game. He's egging on the Saints fans and whining and acting like a millennium brat instead of taking it like an adult. He's pure evil. Has he ever displayed any sports of, has he ever displayed any sort of sportsmanship at all? He is pure evil. Has he ever displayed any sort of sportsmanship at all? Do any of these hypocrites calling the Rams cheaters? Do they remember Bounty Gate? Do they remember them running up the score on us in preseason? He went on and ranted for a while here as as, I've, as I'm reading. And then, then he said, okay, I feel better now. Now let's focus on the media talking about how many yards the Patriots, three backs are going to get on us. Maybe 100 apiece. Does a couple funny emojis and some swearing emojis. And uh, you're right, man. The media is never going to be on our side. Saints fans can suck it at this point. It's over. The Rams are moving on. And now we get to challenge the next thing against the media, and that's tackling Tom Brady and these Patriots. So we are looking only ahead from now on because we won that game. Andrew Whitworth was on the Rich Eisen show, and he kind of broke it down beautifully and basically said, listen, there's tons of plays in that game. But at the end of the day, they got the ball. The ball was put back in play after that no call. We won the game. Agreed, my man. Agreed. We're moving on. But before we get moving on, I want to welcome everybody in. Say thank you for listening. Welcome to all my new listeners. Guys, remember, five days a week of Rams coverage. Your team, every day, 
Only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast. Ask your home speaker. Play podcast, Lockdown Rams. You don't even have to hit a button. We're making it that easy for you. It's awesome. Gotta love the home speaker. As things are heating up, don't forget to give us a follow on social media. We're all over the place. Facebook, we got a Facebook group. We've got Twitter, Instagram, Lockdown Rams, all accounts, LA underscore Rambling Bear on my personal Twitter. Hit me up with questions, comments, concerns. Want to hear your guys' thoughts on the game. I'll kind of be uh, throwing out information from you guys throughout the week. We just did a hover helmet giveaway that was put in the mail yesterday. I'm staring at this playoff towel. Maybe reach out to me with a couple ideas. We've done the review. We've done retweet. We've done like the post. What's another way that I can give away something via the podcast? Maybe give a secret word and you have to text me through the Google number? Am I coming up with stuff right now? Let's let's kind of work on this. Let's maybe anyone shoot me an idea, but right now maybe that's where I'm leaning. I'll come up maybe tomorrow, solidify it. I'm just talking out loud. I love how I have conversations with you guys like you're just on the other side of the table and you're going to respond. I've got to wait until I edit, produce it, put it up, share it, and then get some feedback, but that's where I'm at now. So again, today we're going to finish up some questions. We're going to pull from some of the press conferences and interviews over the past couple of days. So we're going to hear from Sean McVay, uh, his thoughts on a few things, you know, Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson. What's that mix like? What's going on? What happened during the game? We're going to hear from John Johnson and what it's like to be playing Tom Brady in only in his second year. And then the complete flip of that, CJ Anderson, who's been in the league for eight, nine years, what it's like for him to go back and face a guy like Tom Brady, who's played a handful of times. Been in some big-time games, so we're going to hear from all those guys as well as questions from you guys from yesterday. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to make an episode. We'll see where we go. It always seems to work out for us. So I'll just get this thing off and running with a bit of a story, and the story comes out of a question that I got yesterday. Didn't get a chance to get to it. Uh, This one comes from Mike Cook, longtime listener. Big ups, Mike Cook. Appreciate you always reaching out and asking questions or putting up information on the Facebook group. Uh, Here's what he said. He said, hey, I forgot to get my question in. Not sure if you've ever explained it or can even answer it for a new member, but how does a guy from Chicago with the nickname Bear become a Rams fan? And uh, I don't think I've ever broken down how I got the nickname Bear on the podcast. So this is what we like to call story time. So I was actually in Seattle when this all happened. I grew up in the Midwest and lived in Chicago when I was really, really young and then went back as an adult. So this was my time in Seattle. I lived with my brother, Drew, and another roommate of ours, Brent Downey, and they were living the works lifestyle. They were going to work Monday through Friday, those hard, long hours. I was in college. It was during summer. I don't know if I had summer school and was either skipping because that was very well could have happened or if I just didn't have class, but it was a hot day in Seattle and if you know anyone out in the Seattle area, it's it's not like the summers out there get up to 100 degrees. And when they do, you just kind of have to suffer through it. So on one of those hot days, no one has air conditioning or anything like that. So hot day in Seattle. I'm hanging out the apartment. Both these guys have worked a long day, getting home in the heat, traffic, frustrated. Duh. They open the door. There's your man, Bear, laying on the couch. Remember, really, really hot, no AC. So I've got no shirt on. Feet up, watching TV. I've got a plate of Oreos, and when I say I have a plate of Oreos, not like on the table plate of Oreos, not like sitting next to me plate of Oreos, it is on my belly plate of Oreos, 14, 15 Oreos deep on the plate. Of course, I got the milk going. I'm just dunking away, eating my Oreos, living my best life. 
He comes around the corner and is like, dude, what are you doing? What have you done all day? You look so lazy. You're like a, ugh, I'm so, I'm just so mad at you right now. You're like a, you're like a big bear, just a big lazy bear, just laying around eating cookies, watching TV. The me, the whole time I'm just like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm totally enjoying my double stuff right now. Could you not? And he kept pushing it. I kind of, actually, the funny thing about it is I hated the nickname Bear when it first started. I kept telling them not to call me that, uh, which only, of course, makes it worse. We're in college days area, remember? So, obviously, if you let any of your boys know that that you don't like it, you're going to get it 10 times full. So, uh, they kept pushing it, kept pushing it to the point where, I mean, they were putting up Bear decorations on my door, and I'd have to take them down, and they just kept replacing them, and... They'd introduce me as Bear. And so finally one day I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go with it. It's too late now. It's already all of the people that I now have been introduced to know me as Bear. And boom, just kind of ran with it. Bear it up. That was kind of the motto. That was one of the things he said when he caught me was, you're just bearing it up right now, eating cookies. And that kind of came my little motto I was living by for a while. Bearing it up, man. If you weren't doing it right, you weren't bearing it up. So that is pretty much how I got the nickname Bear. Hated it at the beginning, and now here I am. I introduced myself as it. It's come a long way, and actually Brent Downey and Drew would be super proud to hear that story. And I'm sure they've got a little bit of tweak to it. It's almost a mythical legend of how I got that nickname, but that is how I remember it to be plate of Oreos on a hot day. (laughs) Man, now I want some freaking Oreos. Still a fat ass. Anywho, I thought that would be a fun way to get off and running because you're right, Mike. I don't think I've ever talked about it, but it was a nickname given to me, so here we are. Great question. Just get us off and running and get me rambling. I'm warming up here. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, get our first words from some sponsors. We're going to step aside. We're going to be back. We're going to hear from some players. We're going to hear from McVeigh. More questions from you, the listener, right after this Wednesday edition, Locked On Rams, coming up. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some 
pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Wednesday edition, halfway through the first week of the Super Bowl torture, two weeks before the game. I'm here throwing it down for you five days a week, giving you some updated news, information, content, opinion, random stories about my nickname, that and more. And now I'm kind of jumping in with some questions. We'll come out of the gate swinging here. This one comes from Sam Bard. She says, What's up with Gurley? Is CJ going to be able to carry the load if Todd Gurley has another game like yesterday? Sam, that is a great question, and we're going to debate that here for a little bit. I'm also going to throw big ups over to Rodney Anthony Morris. He asked kind of a similar style of question slash comment, and here's what Rodney had to say on the Todd Gurley matter. He said, I don't think Gurley is physically hurt. I think those two drop passes showed that something was going on mentally, and I think he's going to have a big game on Sunday in the Super Bowl, and I don't think the Pats can handle our run game like the Saints did, so we need to get back to that Cowboys type of offense. And he's talking about that game plan that we attacked Dallas when both our running backs went over 100 yards. So Rodney and Sam, I love it. We're going to talk about Todd Gurley here for a second, and I'm with you. I'm with both of you. Uh, Sam, I don't know if CJ can take the load just by himself. Obviously, he rushed for about 16, 17 attempts last game. Sam, and I, I am with you guys. It does make me nervous seeing the last performance of Todd Gurley in this game. I agree with Rodney here when I think it was something mental. I don't think he's injured. McVay talks about that. We'll hear a clip here briefly about that, but I don't think it's injured. I think he definitely was mentally a little rough around the edges. He had those two early drops. And then CJ just kind of got the ball more. Uh, again, we'll hear from McVeigh. He talks about kind of not giving the ball enough. But you got to give the guy an opportunity to get into the flow of the game. This is a running back that's coming and, and used to really being the primary running back. So coming and splitting carries almost 50-50 or in this case, you know, almost 75-25 he really is not used to that, so getting him into a flow is going to be important. And then obviously once he got to that point where something mentally wasn't right with the drop passes and when he was running and couldn't find room, it just became a little bit more than that. The confidence, it almost looked like Todd Gurley running the ball, and I and dare I say this on Super Bowl week, but kind of brought me back to those Todd Gurley running days under Jeff Fisher where he kind of just ran into the line and fell. Didn't look super aggressive, didn't look super comfortable out there. Wasn't really fighting for a hole. Uh, again, four carries. Can't really judge a man too much on four carries. So I hope the game plan is going to be different. And then continuing on with Rodney's comment, he said, we got to get back to that Cowboys game plan. And you're right. That was 42 rushing attempts. Again, we had, I think, at the high 20s in this last game. But we have to get back to that type of game. Move the ball on the ground because Jared Goff is best out of the play action. You know, this is a big-time game. We're going to want to make some easy throws for him, especially early in the game. So if we could use the ball, running it on the ground, and then work him into some play actions, maybe some boots the other way, have him have some easy dump-offs to Everett and Higby, kind of move the chains that way. And then just wear down that defense. The other thing that's great about that is if you can do that, you can control the ball. We all know how McVay does a great job when he wins ball control. His record is proven that way. So if he can win the time management battle, keep Tom Brady off the field, that gives our defense a big advantage, not having to beat Tom Brady on you know eight possessions, 10 possessions, trying to bring that number down and limit the amount of times that he gets the ball. Easier said than done. 
but that's kind of what I'd like to see out of this Gurley and CG. I think a mix of two is going to be awesome. And the nice thing is for the Patriots, we haven't given them a lot of tape on both running backs, right? They have one game really to look at. That's the Cowboys game because this last game, Gurley and Anderson, it wasn't so much of a balance. Four rushes for Gurley. He saw three targets out of the backfield. So when you're game planning, there's not a lot there that we really tilted to in this game. So I like that McVay still has a lot in the bag that he can work with, whether that's bringing both of them in at the same time or mixing them in and out, running out of shotgun. We saw a lot against the Cowboys in that. Uh, Getting back to some of those things that, if you look at film throughout the whole season, may not be there. So great question for both of you guys. I appreciate you reaching out on our Facebook. Before we move on, I told you we'd play a little clip from McVay. So here's McVay answering about Todd Gurley, C.J. Anderson, what the deal was with that, and then also the health of Todd Gurley. With Todd and C.J. and just the split. Thing. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that I did, I definitely, I mean, you could have, I for sure should have done a better job of getting Todd more involved. I think the opportunities were so limited. Um, you know, just with, whether it be a couple of the things in the past game, I thought one of the things that doesn't show up is if you watch some of the two-minute drills when they were bringing some zone dogs, different things like that, watching the way that Todd Gurley ends up putting his face on people in protection, enabling Jared to be able to sit in the pocket, make a third and ten conversion to Brandon Cooks uh, on a big-time drive that le- leads to a touchdown. Um, you look at some of the things in the last two-minute drives, him, him making big-time pickups. He catches a check down that enables us to continue to move the ball. So he did a lot of good things. We didn't get as many attempts as we would have liked to. You know, that's where that Dallas game, you're so appreciative of the efficiency that we were able to operate with. But, you know, credit New Orleans. They did a good job. I thought CJ had some tough, hard runs, but I, I definitely think I, I should have gotten Todd a little bit more involved. But, again, like the flow of the game, you know, we've got to do, you know, kind of what we think is in our best interest. And, you know, if anything, that, that you love so much about Todd, and I think it epitomizes what's right about our football team. The ownership that he talks about, you know, with regards to I got to play a little bit better. I also think that it, it is a result of the opportunities. He didn't have a lot of opportunities to play much better. So I think that's where I've got some ownership in that as well. And uh, the great thing about it is, is he'll get a chance to, you know, make a big time contribution and have a big role in our game against the Patriots. Yeah, to start, you know, Todd's healthy, you know, and, and uh, you know, he's feeling good. He sure looked pretty healthy on that touchdown run where he ran through guys and, and demonstrated some explosion and what we know about him. I, I just think really more than anything, you know, I got to get him the more, more opportunities. And, and credit the Saints defense, too. They did some things to limit some of those opportunities. Like I said, that atmosphere and environment was incredible. Uh, they definitely did a great job of, of affecting some of the things early on with regards to how we can operate, and I thought the players handled it. Uh, you know, for the most part, pretty well. But that's a that's a really, really well-coached team, excellent organization. You see why they were the number one seed, had the best record in the league, and, and you got nothing but respect for those guys. All right. Well, those answers do make me feel a little bit better. I think you can tell from McVay, the game plan was really never to kind of shut Todd out that way. Kind of ended up that way. Uh, but I do expect, sounds healthy, uh, the Super Bowl, expect a bounce-back game for Todd Gurley. You could hear it in his interviews after the game when people asked him, one on the field and right outside the locker room, kind of, what are your thoughts on this game and how do you feel? You know, you weren't used very much. Big-time team guy basically said, I played like crap. I didn't expect to get the ball as much as I did. I went in there and did what I needed to do. You heard Sean McVay talking about how he came in and had some really big blocks 
Uh, so Todd Gurley is a we not me guy. This is the guy that went down twice inside the five yard line to let the clock run. So he's a non-selfish guy, a guy that's going to look at the big picture and put the team in front of himself. So uh, not really the game that he wanted to have in one of his biggest games ever. He did get the touchdown. That was awesome for him. I think moving forward, hopefully that's something we can build off of and we just got to give him the rock more. And I actually got one more tweet about this, and this one was from Roscoe's Modern on Twitter. That's at Roscoe's Modern. He says, is there more to the Todd Gurley situation? They say he's not hurt yet. The Rams don't play him because he was struggling. Todd at his worst is better than most. There's got to be more to this. You know Todd is torn inside, even though he won't admit it. I agree to some of that. I think Todd is torn. I think more on his performance level. I don't think he's going to be one that turns around and blames the team for lack of snaps on the offense. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's more to this. Maybe there is, but I think he's healthy. I think he just didn't play very well. And CJ was playing a lot better when he when he was running the ball. And McVay, we've seen this before. He tends to kind of, I don't want to say forget about a player, but he's forgotten to run the ball before. He's forgot... He's been pretty poor on his time management. So these little tiny details in the game, whether that is going back to your star running back or just kind of sticking with the game plan and being like, uh, run CJ another series. And he didn't seem very keen on switching in and out during a series. So a couple of those series that he had gone with CJ Anderson, we had some long drives. So you know, you're talking about eight plays in a row where you didn't see the field because that was quote unquote CJ's drive. So uh, hopefully this isn't the issue in the Super Bowl, but moving forward, you know, you got to get your star of the ball. You don't pay him all this money, 40 million guaranteed, the most guaranteed to a running back ever in the offseason, and give him four carries. So expect that to change in this upcoming game. All right, what we're going to do now is we're going to step aside, get a couple words from our sponsors. We're going to be back on the other side, a couple more quotes and notes from some players a few more questions we'll wrap up the wednesday edition we'll be back tomorrow Vinny bonsignor serena morales on friday wednesday edition locked on rams we'll be right back after this All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment, Wednesday edition, Locked On Rams. We're going to have Mark Schofield on the show over the next couple days. I'm going to have a chat with him tomorrow morning. As I mentioned, he is down at the Senior Bowl. He is the host of Locked On Patriots. So uh, we're going to have a chat tomorrow. We're going to start picking his brain. So if you have questions from a Patriot side of you, let me know. Hit me up, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Locked On Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook group. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Some people even say, hey, this is for Vinny. Hey, this is for Serena. That's awesome. I'm going to do my best to tuck it away, save it for that day. But we've got a lot coming up on the podcast over the next 10 days or so before the game. So excited. If anyone's going down to Atlanta, let me know. Share some pictures. Talk to me about where you're staying, what the environment's like. I can't wait to see all the hoopla on these ramps. It's going to be fun. Well, speaking of that hoopla and a guy that's been through it, C.J. Anderson. We've been talking a lot about him this episode. What's it going to be with Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson? What's the balance going to be like? Could we sustain the offense with just C.J. if it was like that again? All that has kind of been debated today. Uh, but let's hear from C.J. himself. He was asked yesterday about you know his playoff experience. What can he bring talking to the players here? What's it like to face Tom Brady over the years? And really, how special does he think this is for L.A.? All those questions I'm going to put in here to a clip, and then we'll kind of talk about it. So here's C.J. Anderson on just what it's like getting ready for this game. 
Did, did the experience of that first one help you at all in that? Uh, completely. You know, help me with just media, you know, preparation, you know, how to take this week way more serious than trying to game plan next week with all the chaos and stuff going on. So. Will you spread that word to some of your teammates? That's all I can do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is my eighth game against New England, so it seems like I can't find a way to get away from them. Initial impressions of the 2018 Patriots? Um, nah, they're a good football team. I mean, they, they've been good for a very long time, and uh, they'll be ready. You know, obviously I got history playing him. He got history playing against me, so be fun. be fun to break them down. Um, I've always played them for something significant, whether that's number one seed when I was in Denver or a trip to the Super Bowl. You know, and I've been on both ends playing against them, losing, and also beating them twice for that trip to the Super Bowl. So, um, well, what, what a better way to finish it off than playing them for the big one. Have Other you gotten a grasp of what this trip means to Los Angeles? Uh, me personally, no, not not no just like I said, no just like LA. Um, I mean, I know what it means like having a team back, and you know they're getting back to the Super Bowl. It's been a while since things like that happened, but I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, we just focus on what we got to focus on, and that's trying to find a way to win another tough football game. Is it a different kind of chess match when you're playing a guy like Bill Belichick? I just I just play the play that's called. The chess match is on coaches, so that's a that's a question for McVay. He kept sending you after drive after drive. Were your eyebrows going up at all? Like, were you surprised? Nah, it, it, it's a part. You know, I'm here as a, as a player. I got a role. We got the best back in the game. If he asked me to play, he asked me to play. And it'd be rude and disrespectful to tell my coach no. Yeah. The story can be read both ways. Patriots just lost the Super Bowl a year ago. So I'm pretty sure they're saying it's the year to pass over there, too. Um, it's just at the end of the day, it's going to come down to two great football teams. Whoever made the least mistakes, don't turn over the football. I can promise you that I win the football game. And that was C.J. Anderson. The more and more I hear this guy, the more and more I love him. Uh, he's not going to give you that amazing quote you want to hear about, yeah, this is inspirational for me, and you know, I wouldn't be here without this. He's just playing football. Uh, they talk about breaking down the film and you know how's he going to attack Bill Belichick, and he's like, hey, that's McVay's job. I just run the play that's called and see the play and I go. You know, they try to set him up on the Todd Gurley thing. He gives a lot of credit to Todd Gurley. Uh, I don't know if I kept this one in, but he talked about L.A. and was it big for L.A.? Does he think it's big for L.A.? And he's like, it's just a, it's a game. We got to go win it. That's awesome for the city. But, you know, I'm trying to do my job. This guy seems laser focused. He's a bunch of experience in these games. Talked about playing Brady eight times. He beat him twice. Hopefully this will be a third time for him. Uh, so he knows what it's like to play those big-time games. If Gurley is not a go, he will be ready to take a load on. I think we're going to see a little bit more of a balanced game. But I love CJ's experience in this. Uh, we don't have much. I said it yesterday on the podcast. I think we have four players total that have played in the Super Bowl before for a total of five games. So uh, CJ is one of those guys. Been there twice. We need to kind of lean on him, especially during this week. Early into next week, as the media starts to pick up, family, all that type of stuff, help some of those younger guys uh, get ready for the game. And speaking of one of those younger guys is John Johnson III. Second year in the league, has a huge play in the game to send us to the Super Bowl. Has had a great season all year. He leads the Rams in interceptions. Really solidified that secondary. Been a huge part, even in the run game, coming up and making plays. They talked to him the other day about what it's like to go up against Tom Brady, a guy that you know we all watch as a kid, and now you're playing him. Uh, listening to John Johnson talk about this matchup in the Super Bowl. It's going against Tom Brady, though. I mean, it's a guy that I'm sure you grew up watching just sure. like everybody. I mean, what does that kind of feel like? Oh, I mean, it's like it's an honor, honestly. Like, I mean... 
He's an all-time great. He's been in the Super Bowl, what, like nine times? So, I mean, oh, he's beatable, though. So, I mean, we just can't go in there with the mindset of, oh, it's Tom Brady. Like, he's definitely beatable. So, we're going to go in there and give him a, give him a go. This is a different kind of receiver core, not like mm -hmm. a big gun. Right. They just every year seem mm -hmm. to get it done. Does that change things for the way you guys kind of approach them without having? I think so. Uh -huh. um, but I'm going to leave that for right. coaches. <laughs> they, gonna, they get the plan ready, and uh, we trust in it and uh, buy into it, and we'll be all right. Sorry if this is a repeat question, John, but 24 hours later, I mean, what is the feeling now of you guys are going to the Super Bowl? I mean, it's huge, especially for me. It's year two. Um, it's a blessing. Not a lot of people get the opportunity to do this, so I'm just going to take advantage of it. Has, do you feel like it's sunk in at all? Not. It has, but not. It will some more. I know it will some more as we lead up to it. What have the past 24 hours been like for you? Oh, I mean, playing in the championship game is already a lot. It's already yeah. um, an honor. It's a blessing. But um, we just take it one step at a time. We've been checking off boxes all year, so, I mean, it's just another thing that we need to accomplish. That ball that was up in the air yesterday seemed like it was up in the air forever. Oh, yeah, it took. I watched it, and it wasn't that bad, but on the field, it felt like it was up there forever. I'm just glad I caught it. Did you see it the entire time? I think I saw it, like, at its highest point because I was looking at the receiver. Yeah. And when I looked up, it was, like, at its highest point, so it just I was waiting for it to drop. There's, like, no way you could have dropped that. No way. <laughs> no way at all. <laughs> All right, that was John Johnson talking about the big play he made facing Tom Brady and how they are going to match up against this wide receiving core in New England. And I'm not going to say he didn't sound as good as C.J. Anderson, but could you tell a little bit of a difference between a guy that's been in the league a bunch and a guy that's in his second year? Earlier in the, the quote there, it sounds like he almost he kind of catches himself talking about Tom Brady and going, yeah, but he's beatable, he's beatable. You know, playing in this size of a game is going to be a unique experience for a guy like him. So, again, playing those two back-to-back, -back, I just found a little interesting. CJ, a little bit more veteran. John Johnson playing through a little bit more of his uh, personality and kind of showing, like, yeah, this is a big deal. It's still sinking in for me. So, leaning on some of those veteran guys throughout the week is going to be important. I think John Johnson is one of those type of guys, obviously, that is going to uh, go to his teammates and listen in. He has very much bought into the we, not me uh, so I think that all those guys are going to come together and, and really build around each other and get ready for this game. But, man, facing Tom Brady, a guy that you watched a bunch growing up, and now here you are on the other side of the ball battling for a Super Bowl. Pretty cool stuff. And before we get out of here, I want to get back to McVay really quick. We talk about, you know, the players we're going to need in these big games to step up and help us produce to get a win, right? Todd Gurley goes out, you know, basically non-production from him in the last game. C.J. Anderson's not running the ball like we really could have expected. We had Brandon Cooks come and do what he normally does. Uh, we had a couple guys. We talked about Gerald Everett, Higby, and Reynolds really stepping into a role nicely in that Saints game, being able to give Jared Goff another target to throw to and help move the football when we couldn't do it other ways that we wanted to. So I want to play this clip. This is Sean McVay talking about Josh Reynolds, how he played in the game, and what he's done all season, and kind of what he means to the team moving this far into the season. Yeah, you know, it, it, what he does, you know, Robert really kind of slid into Cooper's position, uh, but what Josh has done is just continue to get better and better. I mean, you talk about a guy that made some big-time plays in some big-time moments yesterday. He's catching an in-breaking route versus a quarters-type structure that typically that's, that's a bad play call by me, but Jared has the confidence to let it rip, and then Josh aggressively crossing face in the drive that ended up leading, us, leading to us kicking the field goal to tie it to send it into overtime. 
um, made another big-time play on the run. Uh, he's competing without the ball. You look at the little wheel route that he caught down the sideline. So he's just delivered on his opportunities, and whether that's competing with or without the ball, I think he's a great route runner. I think he's got a good, aggressive hands. And for a player of his size, I think what we like so much about him coming out of Texas A&M was the body control, the way that he's able to work edges. He can open his stride up and put it down where that enables him to seamlessly separate. But I just think you're seeing a guy you know, capitalize on his opportunities. And I think really what you love about our younger players is it seemed like whether it was him or even we were talking about with Gerald Everett, no moment is too big for those guys. And uh, they made some big-time plays and, and clutch moments yesterday that, that ended up leading to a positive outcome for the Rams. Positive outcome for the Rams. Couldn't agree more. And we're going to need him if we want more positive outcomes. Josh Reynolds, Everett, and Higby, the combination of those three, I continue to talk about them because we know what we're getting from Woods. We know what we're getting from Cook. You think you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get from CJ and Todd Gurley out of the backfield. Who is going to be there if all those four people I just named before that can't perform up to expectation? Who's going to fill in? Who's going to be that secondary piece of offense that we need? Josh Reynolds has been huge in the last four or five games as well. Had some big games in the last two games to kind of get Jared Goff back on track. Those two have been connecting well. Some big first downs. Sean McVay talked about some of the big plays late in the game. We're going to need him in the Super Bowl. He is one of my picks as far as a dark horse. Very important guy for the Rams. I don't think he would go as far as MVP status to see a wide receiver. He must tear it up to get there. But I think uh, for him, I'm looking at... Six, seven catches, 75-plus yards, maybe a touchdown in the Super Bowl. We're going to need some offense from Josh Reynolds. He's coming off of a good game. Hopefully, we can parlay this into the Super Bowl. All right, guys. Well, that is all I have for you guys today. We got to hear from more from the listeners. We got to talk about Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson. We got to hear from Coach. We got to hear from John Johnson. We got to hear from CJ Anderson himself. Reach out to me at LA underscore Rambling Bear, Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group. Keep sending me in questions through the Google Voice number. Text or call 657-345-4988. Make sure to add a name if you're texting so I know who it's coming from so I can give you a shout out on the show. We'll be back tomorrow with Vinny Bonsignor for Thursday's show. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.